0: Freed's ninth entry. We made it to the Great Marsh. And I'd better keep this short, because the pages on this journal are growing damp as I write. Everything is hot and muggy, and everyone is miserable.
1: I do not like the climate here. I long to return to the mountain as soon as I can. How our parents
0: and grandparents used to live in this land over 80 years ago is beyond me. Besides the heat, strange things have been happening ever since we reached this damned place. Beardosh woke up in the night to find the ground where he'd been laying was 10 feet up in the air on a pillar of rock. And your feet suddenly dangle over something and when you look down you notice that the place where your bedroll has been laying... ...has been raised up out of the ground like a sheer mound of rock. Almost similar to Devil's Tower. We suspected someone was trying to send us a message. Another odd thing that happened was Mad seeing what he called the dragon bird.
2: Was it like a dragon the size of a bird? Or was it like a bird the size of a dragon, which I think any of us would have seen...
1: A bird the size of a dragon, I would say.
0: We came across some territorial lizard folk. We found that the tieflings had used moonshine to set fires and blaze away past the lizard folk's bridge. He's gonna stop at that and think for a second, and then he's gonna say,
1: Look what they've done to our
0: bridge! and gesture to all the burned field off to the side of their bridge. The lizard folk led us past, and as evening came, Something fell from the sky, and it hit Mads on the head. It was a rat, all bundled up, with a note attached. Mads, you have traveled far. I can no longer see you. It's up to you now to fulfill the will of the mountain for those down south. If you need aid, eat this rat and wait a few days. Take caution with your cousin Ferdos. I worry about a lack of discernment towards the gods he chooses to follow. Be well, the mountain. We trekked on and eventually came across some footprints in the mud. Giant ones, huge giant ones. You all immediately notice a set of shoeless footprints that stepped out of the marsh, crossed your path where you're headed and they marched on through the sopping mud off into a grove of trees. And these footprints are massive, even somewhat larger than Mad's boots. All in all, this has not been my favorite part of the journey. I look forward to leaving the Great Marsh for the not so great marsh. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March The road is long but the world is small
3: So I think we're about to take a vote on whether to pursue the
0: defeat or not. (laughs) If if that's how you want to phrase it.
1: I, for one, think that this is a waste of time.
2: I don't think it's a waste of time. I think that if there's something to the tieflings breaking the treaty that we don't know, it's really... We need to find out what we can, is what I'm saying. (sighs) I know that it doesn't change the reality of our current situation, but it might help us understand the context behind it.
3: Um, Pocket J Gnome, could you be the tiebreaker on this
0: one? Hmm. Well, I tagged along to see the world. Seems like there might be something to see. I like to take the senior crowd. Well, I guess it's settled then.
1: Just know that if we die in this marsh because we went off the path, I'm going to be very upset with all of you.
2: I don't think we're going to die in the marsh.
1: That is what the person who thought they weren't going to die in the marsh would say.
3: Just know that it will 100% be Pocket Gnomes (laughs) Falls. Exactly,
2: Pocket J Gnome. You're the one who wanted to see the world so badly.
0: What exactly are um, the the consequences if uh, things go south?
2: I mean, we're already going south, so I don't.
0: All right then. Guess
1: I got nothing to worry about. All right, I guess we're fucking going to see where these footprints lead.
3: I'll look to see if I can follow where they're going.
0: The tracks. They clearly head, um, through this grove of trees, and when you get past that, they go through another marsh, and, um, you follow them through this swamp, and it's not terribly far off the trail. It's enough that you would have to know where it is and go off course of the main road, but it's not like you guys are going way out of your way. And as you track your target, you eventually come upon a perplexing sight. Before you is an expansive ring of piled up dirt and boulders creating a dam to keep any water from flooding in. As you approach and peer inside the ring you see the soft soil has been dug very deeply like a large crater in the ground. It looks like the Sarlacc pit from Star Wars. It funnels down to the center where instead of a Sarlacc you can see the stone peak of a belfry tower completely sunken in the soil. Only the top of the tower peaks out with its four windows, which are large enough for any of you to climb through, meaning that this was probably built by giants.
3: I already do not like this. Do we see anybody observing us through those windows?
0: <clears throat> they look empty. Um, this sandy pit going down, it, it, it looks like there's various trails, some large, some small, going down into it kind of looks like only the big ones are coming back up out of it it's the same footprints
1: just know that if we enter in there we will be trespassing if someone occupies it it goes against my code to attack anyone in their home if we were not invited they do not attack
3: us first perhaps we should just say hello you can knock if you feel it is necessary yeah I just stay where I am like HELLO down there!
0: You get no response.
3: Perhaps I should, uh... check it out first. Um, I take, a uh, Pocket J Gnome out of my pocket and hand him to Cena. Okay. <laughs> I'm finally starting to learn, I don't lose him as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I am going to, uh... Let's see, we're in a swamp. I'm gonna turn into a beaver. (laughs) And, um, I'm going to just, like, uh, turn around and, um, be like, uh, Okay, if I pat my tail on the ground loudly twice, that means everything is okay. Um, if it's three times, then things have gone wrong and I'm going to just kind of waddle across the, uh, things and then probably tumble down the slope of the of the crater side.
0: It's steep enough that it you do slide in a couple spots, but you're so light as a beaver that you don't really have much trouble skittering down this slope towards the tower, and when you reach the window, you can see the massive weathered bells looming before you you can see inside the stairs leaning down to the lower levels. Are you going to creep in and take a peek?
3: Um, I'm going to walk around the perimeter of it first.
0: You'd be able to see enough that you can make out that the stairs spiral down inside this stone tower, just like a typical belfry tower. You know that you would need to descend to see what lies beyond the door down there, but you can see that there's a door down there. All the stairs are, are very old, but as best you can tell, especially with your your beaver knowledge of wood, they seem sturdy. Okay, and they're all giant size, I'm guessing, so this is going to be a one-way trip for me. <laughs>
3: Seems I've picked the wrong form for this task. Oh, well, nothing ventured, nothing gained.
0: And, uh, yeah, I descend uh, down into it. You spiral down the staircase, and once you descend, you come to a doorway that opens into a large foyer. Roll a perception check for me. And also tell me if your beaver has dark vision or not.
3: The beaver does not have dark vision. (laughs) 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 Like, I don't have the stats for a beaver right in front of me, but I can (laughs) tell you that they don't have dark vision.
0: (laughs) I'm not a zoologist. I don't know. Maybe they're like cats or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, and, um,
3: yeah, perhaps I should get those, uh, books out for me. So, plus three, so I got a 14, so it's, uh, gonna be a 17.
0: When you peer in, you can tell that the room is musty and cold. There's no question that this is an old giant's building, as it is massive, and it has the remains of large wooden furniture and decor. A couple huge paintings are mounted to the walls, you can see in the dim light, you see faded and dusty tapestries. Uh, there are two other doorways opposite the room. And one thing that's disturbing is you also detect, especially with your beaverness, a nauseatingly familiar perfuminess in the air. It's faint, but it's the same essence as from the cabin that you found atop the mountains back home. And with your perception 17, what's more immediately strange is that you peer up. At the high ceiling in the darkness, and you spot two odd structures. Each one looks like a grid of thin wooden logs, all crisscrossed and tied together, with something like stone stakes mounted to them, pointing down at the floor.
3: Looks like a trap to me. Um, is that thing like uh, the size of the entire like opening, or does it look like there's a part that that thing specifically hangs over?
0: They're kind of suspended um, In the middle of the ceiling There's two of these big things If you were to stand in the middle of the room They'd be hard to avoid Okay so I'll I'll stay around the perimeter of the
3: room And I would like to go up to one of the um, The wooden furnitures And take a bite out And then like kind of uh, Swirl it around in my mouth And kind of um, see what the vintage
0: is on it Okay (laughs) Okay yeah you uh, <laughs> you would guess that the wood used to make this furniture is probably a vintage of a hundred to a hundred fifty years somewhere
3: mm, a good year anyways um is there like any doors that lead out of this place
0: um in your initial check i mentioned that you saw a couple across the room from you
3: oh, okay i would like to go around the perimeter of the room to go over to these doors
0: um, I think that because you're a beaver, and because you rolled a high perception, you are going to spot some tripwires strung across the floor on your way there. They're like, because you're a beaver, they're like right at eye level.
3: I'm beginning to think that Mads was right. Going into conflict in this being's home would probably, probably not be wise. I'll go back and tell them what I found. And I start to go back to the steps and then... I'm going to try as a beaver to to get up the first one and see if I can.
0: (laughs) I think it would be like a full-body climb to get up each step. But you're pretty lightweight. Do beavers climb trees and stuff? I don't know anything about beavers. I don't think so. I think they just stay on the ground and swim.
2: No, they're not climbers.
0: I don't think
3: you're going to be able to do it. Yeah, I don't think so either.
2: Oh, shit, I should have cast a jump on him. (laughs) 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 I mean...
3: Come see Ferdas, the amazing jumping beaver. (laughs) 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 Cena, the celebrated jumping beaver of Calabasas County.
1: (laughs) Do you suspect something has gone wrong, cousin?
2: I know. Part of me just wonders if he's just stuck down there.
1: If he went down there, he can possibly get back up, I would assume.
2: I know, like, he can simply
1: not be a beaver anymore. I'm going to go make a fire and cook some food. I'm hungry.
2: Okay, I'm gonna... I'll sit here and wait for him.
1: Uh, Mads is gonna go and get some wood and, uh... <laughs> gather it for a
0: I could just look inside and see if I see him or his corpse. He will be fine.
1: Ferdos is a competent warrior.
0: All right, you guys have a camp out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just wait before I...
3: <laughs> so how long would it have taken me to, to get down there and then find out what I found out and start to head back?
0: Hmm, 15
3: minutes. Okay, so I still got 45 minutes of beaver time. All right, <laughs> I am going to try, even as a beaver, to make a run for it and do a running jump and try to make that first step. So I rolled a, a 12. I I don't make it and I land on my back. <laughs> I'm just getting, uh, probably the wind's knocked out of me. I'm just going to kind of lay here for a minute and catch my breath before I turn back into Ferdas. But eventually I do. Okay. Once I'm big, I would like to uh then reassess how far those um belfry ropes are from the ground,
0: yeah, and no, you no problem reaching them as Ferdos
3: okay, uh maybe this is the doorbell, and uh
0: I will pull it. The resounding gong that these bells make echo through the trees of this swamp, and it's just so loud. I mean, these are usually meant to notify an entire town, so. It probably really startles you guys making camp upstairs. <laughs> like, it's so loud. Uh. And was I able to reach those from still laying on my back on the ground? <laughs> um no, you probably had to sit up. Okay. If you stand at your full height, they probably dangle down till you're about stomach height. Oh, okay. I'll still, like, kind of remain halfway seated then and one you know one tug of these things they're gonna ring a few times alright and uh do I hear any giant footsteps coming towards this room or anything once they stop ringing sounds like all is still
3: hmm guess nobody's home I will uh stand up and um
0: I'm gonna look at those things hanging from the ceiling one more time like you can get a better view of them now that you're so tall they're still a ways above your head, but especially with your dark vision It looks like somebody took a bunch of thin logs and tied them together in a crisscross pattern with square dimensions, almost like a chessboard. and then it looks like they've fastened dozens of rock spikes to them Like they sharpened several of these rocks into spear points or punjies, and they're all facing downwards And so the obvious conclusion seems to be that if someone trips these wires on the floor, this big ceiling of spikes will come down on top of them
3: Okay, so it's like the, um, like the Ewoks did to the ATST kind of thing? Pretty much Yeah, I'm just gonna go up there and tell everybody. I, I was thinking about possibly tripping one of them with my uh, spear, but uh Nah
0: The wood steps creak heavily under your feet, but they feel pretty sturdy, even uh, in their old age
3: Oh, uh, before I leave, is there any signs
0: of, uh, like, lived-in use down here? Since you thought to look for it, you can see a f- clear walkway in the dust on the floor. Oh, okay. Some stuff's been shuffling through. Also, since you thought to look for it, I will tell you that there are, uh, pock marks in the wood. Like, maybe something's tripped these things before.
3: Oh, Okay. How noticeable is the, the bite in the um, chair that I took? <laughs> not not noticeable at all. Oh, okay. There's not like uh,
0: the wood is like dark colored, but there's this one little <laughs> white light colored spot or whatever. Even it, even if there was, the beaver was so small, you'd have to look for it to see it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'll start to head up the stairs and tell everybody.
3: I'm back. Perhaps a, a beaver wasn't the... Uh, brightest animal to choose to go down giant steps. Anyways, uh, there seems to be a uh, set of traps down there. And I rang the doorbell and nobody answered. I don't believe anybody's home.
2: You rang the doorbell?
3: Well, I rang a bell and there was a door inside, so... Are we going in or are we going on?
2: If it's trap, I don't think we should go in.
1: Hey, fat bard!
0: What? You're not gonna send me down there, I hope.
1: Do you know anything about disarming traps?
0: You could trigger them, that's one way. As long as we're aware, we don't have to get caught by them.
1: What kind of mechanisms trigger these cousins?
3: Um, they were tripwires on the ground. Also, Bard, have you ever been told that you sound like, uh, like Pocket? (laughs) Strikingly so. I'm much more raspier. Mm. Now hearing you both at the same time, yes, I can hear the difference. (laughs) You two don't talk much. I mean, to each
0: other. Last time we talked a lot, we were told by Tim that we interrupt Aubrey too much. (laughs) 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 As long as you know where they are, I don't care about going down and triggering them. As long as you said the area is clear, I don't want to get eaten by anything.
3: Oh, these things you wouldn't get eaten. You'd be, um, have a slow and agonizing impalement death. I'm gonna go and
1: chop down a rather large tree so I can make myself a 30-foot pole for triggering traps. Okay. Do we think that 30 feet will be long enough for a giant trap? I, I know where
3: the, uh, where the tripwires are, too. I saw them when I was a beaver. Let's go, I suppose. There's no one
1: home. We're not trespassing. And clearly, it is just a ruin.
0: Ferdos, you have a ten-foot reach, so it's going to be like 50 feet of length that you got here, so you're pretty confident that you can reach it anyway. Creek, creek, creek. you guys, uh, you guys tromp down these stair steps to the room below, and you reach out your spear. Is it a barbed spear, or is it just
3: there's a, um, you know, smooth end and then a pointy end.
0: You're able to hook it underneath this tripwire and kind of give it a tug upwards, and you hear a click, and these things come crashing down in front of you, and, uh, the one on the left kind of splinters a little bit in a couple places, uh, as it hits the ground, and a lot of the teeth that are made out of rocks kind of shatter across the ground, it kind of echoes through these chambers, and then all is still. And it's at this point, after it's kicked up all this dust and stuff, that Mads and Cena, you can both detect the perfuminess in the air, and it brings back those bad memories of <laughs> trying not to vomit.
3: Oh, I forgot to mention the perfume. Sorry.
1: Great. That was definitely an important detail as to whether or not I wanted to
3: come down here, cousin. (laughs) It didn't really set me off that much as a beaver. I was more distracted by the way that the furniture tastes.
2: Wait, you ate furniture?
3: Ten out of ten. Would do again.
1: (sighs) Cousin, when you are scouting next time, could you perhaps focus a little more on your surroundings and a little less on
3: eating the furniture? I'd say I found quite a bit. I just forgot to smell. Is that the worst thing in the world? Are we really having this fight right now?
1: It seems kind of important, but... All right, cousin. Please go do us a favor and trigger the next trap so we can move forward. Uh, This is the only trap that I, I saw. Well, we'll probably want to keep that spear out in front of us and tapping on the ground and things just to make sure there aren't any pressure plates or anything like
3: that. Okay. Yeah, I start doing that. Okay. I go side to side, then up down each like, you know, a few feet each step.
0: Doing the blind man? Yep. As you enter through these doors at the end of the hallway you enter into a, a bend in a large hallway. One path is leading forward ahead of you, another is leading to the right, and you can tell just by the shape of everything, it looks like you're inside of an old monastery, and as with most monasteries, this one appears to have been built in a square shape with an open cloister in the center and a colonnade walk around its perimeter. Instead of a beautiful grassy lawn with the sun overhead, the entire thing's just filled with dirt from being sunken underground. There's even a section of the hallway on the right where the weight of the soil broke through and it's almost completely blocked off the area. You could probably squeeze through, but...
1: We are definitely not going to go that way.
0: As you uh, start to explore some of the side rooms, they are mostly labeled, even though some of it's looking kind of old. You can see things like a scriptorium. You can peer inside and see a bunch of... it's, It's almost like a library. Is it written in common or giant... Um, it's all written in giant. It's all written in languages that you recognize.
1: Okay. I wonder if there's anything of value in here.
2: I don't know. I kind of want to check out the scriptorium.
3: Yeah, let's go in there, and I'll, I'll, you know, do my thing with the stick first.
0: Nothing triggers in the scriptorium as you're waving your stick around. But the air does become more nauseating the farther you go into this cloister area, and it's particularly noticeable in this room. It's a large room with several old desks and tables. Lining the walls of its perimeter are floor-to-ceiling shelves, and some have books, others are empty. And you also see a section where the roof collapsed and a landslide of dirt is covered almost a quarter of the back side of the room. And you also see wood rot in places, and many of the books appear, like, waterlogged and damaged. But there's still some good ones around here.
2: Santa's gonna go, like, over to the desks? Are there any, like, journals or anything in there so that we can find out, like, who was in this place?
0: What you would gather is that, because this is a monastery, they all look ornately handwritten. The, you don't see any personal logs... Um, You see things such as topics range from religions to laws to craftsmanship instructions to occasional, like, languages, arts, history. And it's all of old, of course.
2: Okay. But there's no, like, logs of the monastery itself?
0: Mm, Not that you can see. Okay. But, like I said, a lot of these books have been damaged and stuff over the years. Some of them seem to be missing, too, because if these were all filled, there's not enough to fill the shelves right now, that's for sure.
1: Have you found anything interesting, cousin?
2: No, I haven't. There's, there's no... I, I was looking for information about the monastery itself, but there's no personal journals, there's no histories of this place, nothing. It's all just general information. History, art, religion, things like that.
1: Perhaps we would find something like that in the quarters where these people lived. If I was going to keep a journal, I would have it in my room.
2: That's very fair.
1: Shall we continue searching?
0: Yeah. You're continuing down the hallway. Yeah, and I'll continue with the uh, with the spear. Well, like I said, all these rooms are open, and as you pass by them, you can peer inside, and you see like the solarium has remnants of food storage boxes and barrels but it looks like it's all been mostly consumed there's a couple beans on the floor but i would like to try one of the beans you're welcome to try one of the beans it's really hard and crunchy but it's a giant sized bean all right (laughs) does it taste uh better or worse than the chair
3: it's pretty stale okay
1: That's going to grow into a stalk in your stomach.
3: Yes, I, I heard all the stories when I was young too, cousin.
0: <laughs> Mads will smile. Give me a quick perception check. Air buddy. Uh that would be a
1: fucking shit. Six dude. plus
0: six plus
1: three. Nine for me. I got a three. Rolling like trash tonight.
2: Five. <laughs> We're on fire tonight, guys. <laughs>
0: All you guys really notice is that the air is getting thicker the further you progress. And you can see that the, the hallway is starting to bend around. And, um... Who's in the lead? Let's see. Ferdos. when you're doing your walking stick cane thing, um, you can see that around this corner the the doors get larger. There's these two double doors that... it's It looks like the entrance of a big meeting room or sanctuary or... Uh, conference or something maybe the main entryway
3: when you say the air's getting thicker do you mean like humidity wise nah it's growing a booty
0: <laughs> it's
1: thick
0: <laughs> it's growing mustier but it's also growing perfumier
1: the smell is getting stronger yes remember when we used to have to sit behind the old ladies in church it reminds me much of that
3: uh, I was shipped away long before I would have gone there Fair enough.
0: You guys see a sign that says "Dorter" on it, and there are beds inside this room.
1: Well, I suppose we should take a look around. If there's going to be a
2: journal,
0: it would be here.
2: We've already been this far.
0: Well, they're more like giant-sized cots, really. Anything underneath them? You do see a book at the far end of the room.
3: All right, I'm going to pick it up.
0: The book details... Daily activities Not a very exciting read But you do get things about uh, A person that has Done some stuff in the scriptorium He's written, you know, history books That documented the war You skim through and you can see how he talked about A little bit about the tieflings In his learnings He writes a little bit about how like Twisted and evil he thinks they were And uh, he writes about them As if they were heartless and soulless creatures Basically there's descriptions about During the wartime how they Would capture these giants and The things they would do to them Were extremely gruesome But he doesn't go into much detail And he writes A tiny bit about The lizard folk and this God that they worship, The Semuanya which you remember them mentioning He talks about how they're Mostly xenophobic hermits they just Keep to themselves and they hate everybody And But they're still tasty
2: <laughs> oh my god
3: yes uh, according to this um the, the tieflings as a, a people were very um ruthless in the war very formidable despite their small size they quite capable of taking us down as we continue our pursuit of them um, perhaps we should be extra vigilant
1: yes I will make sure that if we do try and mete out justice upon them that we are careful in such endeavors
2: didn't the lizard people say that we came out of our pit again
1: yeah something
3: along those lines I think yes they probably think that uh, in fact speaking of lizard people in this diary said that they taste rather good <laughs> oh <laughs> so my god I think that that links the two things fairly certainly
0: you guys hear a cough resound through these hallways. Hello? It's like a smoker's cough. It's rough.
3: Pocket, pipe down. We're trying to be sneaky here.
0: <laughs> weren't me, he says from Cena's hands.
3: <laughs> oh, I would have taken him back earlier. Okay. <laughs> feel naked without my pocket gnome.
0: (laughs) All is still. I'm gonna get my axe out.
2: Through a hallway, as you said?
0: It kinda echoed through the hallways. Hello? Your voice echoes as well.
3: If you're a cop, you have to tell us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You hear more coughing, and then
3: Okay, I think we're good. Whew.
1: Who are you then? Who, who are you? I am Mad of the Mountain. This is my cousin, Xena, and my cousin Theodos, our fat Bard, and Magdana.
3: And two pocket gnomes. One ironically named Pocket Gnome.
2: And also Guy
3: and a partridge in a pantry <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I could not resist
0: You... Are, you are loud enough to... to read my bells but you don't sound as... <laughs> stupid as... the Cyclops We are
3: not Are we in a place where we can see the person now?
0: As you're listening to this voice, it sounds like it's coming from the double doors.
3: Yeah, I'm going to start to make my way over there. Same. Same. I'm going to still keep the the spear in front of me, though. Like, you know, I'm not not being as meticulous with it, but uh, I'm still kind of just, like, Lex basically waving it around in front of me.
0: As you approach the entrance of this room it becomes increasingly difficult to breathe your stomach's reflexively start to cramp up and uh, you drive heave a little bit as you draw near you can you start to hear the buzzing of flies uh-oh and the air starts to grow hot and dry you can feel it emanating from this doorway and when you peer inside you can see it's a tall sanctuary and then Almost directly in the center of the sanctuary, you see something similar to, like, four whale bones erected in a circle like menacing claws. They stand 20 feet in the air, looming over a center pit, which appears to hum and distort the air around it like heat waves. It's almost hypnotizing the longer you stare at it. Everything in here is reminiscent of the cabin cellar from back on the mountain, except whatever this thing is, it's still active.
3: I have a bad feeling about this.
1: (coughs) Um. Okay, so I would like to use an action to detect if this is desecrated in some way, or related to
0: celestials or fiends or undead you definitely detect the same aura you got up on the mountain, the tip top of the mountain it's it's this it's this necrotic desecration sense emanating from this pit, I might have said consecration but of an evil nature
1: (laughs) yeah no this is definitely that's
3: desecration then that would
1: be the word (laughs) for sure (laughs)
3: Let's see, we got Consecration, Dexsecration, uh, Strengthsecration is the next one. <laughs> <laughs> How about Charisma Secration?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, would like to start moving closer.
0: Nothing seems to happen to you other than the, the buzzing of the flies is louder, the the heat coming off of it is strong, the perfuminess in the air, and then as you kind of see around the the back side of it you can see these corpses of lizard folk that have been picked to the bone
1: show yourself
0: perhaps you'd better come to me I'm just here you can hear his voice coming from behind one of the pillars and you can see his feet sticking out he looks like he's sitting up against a wall
2: can you not move
0: (sighs) I can try. I'm very tired. You hear him kind of thud to the floor and he kind of pulls himself out from behind this this pillar. And when you see this giant, he's massive. He's probably, you would estimate, like 30 feet when he's standing to his full height. And yet his body looks frail and malnourished. He scratches at the thin skin of his bare chest where his old brown shirt is worn down like a v-neck. His legs poke out through tattered canvas pants. But beyond that, all he seems to have on him is a small traveler satchel and a rugged dagger on his hip. His tired eyes meet your gaze and he says, <coughs> What are you doing here?
1: We all footprints not often that creatures larger than myself are out and about.
0: (coughs) I know. (coughs) I myself haven't seen another giant in... (laughs) I don't even know how long it's been.
1: What's going on with the desecrated whale bones there?
0: I don't know. It's not good. I I came back here because my father was a monk in this place. He always talked about his work. <coughs> when he died, he was... His biggest regret was he had to leave it all behind. And it broke my heart. I... I learned that when... The treaty was signed, everyone had to evacuate, and (coughs) everything got left behind. But when I came here, it was the tieflings, I found some of their writings. They'd been here, and I don't know if they cast a spell (coughs) or what for softening the ground, but everything had sunk. All I saw was the belfry, and the longer I stayed, the more it sank. I had to dig and dig to (coughs) keep it that way, to gain access. I, I read about this. Once you start tampering with this, you cannot stop. Look at me now. It demands sacrifices to keep you going on and surviving but if (laughs) if you cannot supply it this is what you turn into now I have gone the way of my father
1: what possessed you to use such strange
0: magics I needed to understand what they were doing I read their writings and they said that it took a sacrifice and the lizard folk were in abundance I could feel my life extending the youth it brought it, it turns into a craving that you cannot shake it's a sustenance beyond food and If you cannot supply it, you deteriorate quickly. I thought I was gone for until I heard you ring the bells.
1: You are still gone for, friend. It is my duty to destroy you. I'm sorry, but this is the only way.
0: Before I end, may I have one more drink. I am so thirsty Mads will toss his water skin to him He uncorks it And he doesn't even drink it It seems to just Evaporate out of this thing And get absorbed directly into his skin And then He uncorks a small potion from his satchel And it absorbs into him Immediately And he says to you This was my last strength potion. I pulled a couple of these from the bag of a cat man on the road. and I used the first in a desperate attempt to find food, but... I thought this last one could help me escape this nightmare. If you could help me, I might be able to stand... (laughs) I don't think it would
3: be wise to prolong your suffering any longer. I think that you are at the end of times and you need to embrace it. If you want, I can say a prayer to Mord for you.
0: Perhaps you are correct. I don't see anything in their writings about regular sustenance. I've Eaten everything in the storehouse and all the lizard folk I could find, but the craving for this terrible pit is. (sighs) I'm ashamed it ended this way. A prayer would be. I think, nice.
3: Mord, if you can hear me, please take this suffering soul into your bounds. Thank you. Now, if you excuse us, we have to rid this place of that
0: thing. <laughs> Before you go, would you take my writings? I don't know if you could ever find my family, but they should know what happened to me. He, he, like, hands you his traveler's satchel. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, hold on can
3: I do uh, detect magic and I want to go over the pack and make sure that we're not putting something super stupid on us. Yeah, that's fine. And I'm just going to cast it as a spell and I'm not going to take the 10 minutes for it because uh, yeah, I don't want to be in this place for any
0: longer than we have to. Uh, when you, as soon as you open yourself up to magic, it almost hits you like a fist the necrotic energy coming out of the center of this pit. Mm-hmm. But from the satchel, you detect nothing. You do detect the strength potion that he drank. Okay. It's coming just, like, from his guts and kind of spreading out through his limbs.
3: Alright, um, yeah, the package is safe. Um, So it's, like, heavy necrotic energy from the, is this thing like an altar or something? This pit thing?
0: Yeah. Um, when you take a satchel, does a 16 beat your armor class?
3: Yes, it does.
2: God damn it.
3: <laughs> Take all the damage.
0: <laughs> Ferdos, as soon as you reach for the satchel, his other hand whips around with the knife that was at his belt and plunges right into your arm and deals... I bring down the axe on this man, And by the way. It deals 12 damage to you. All right. And he's going to use his multi-attack to try and... Shove you towards this pit. Ah. Uh, strength or Dex? I think you get to choose. I should
3: have expected as much. All right. Um, I will do strength, and that is a it's a 17 plus 10, so 27, because I got proficiency in athletics.
0: With your detect magic, you can see that the spread of s- giant strength hasn't quite le- reached his legs yet. And so he feebly attempts to push you, but you easily step backwards, and he just kind of falters, and he can't seem to stand yet. You said you're doing an axe thing to Mads? Yeah, I'm bringing an axe down on his head. It's a coup de grace. You easily stab this axe right through his uh, skull, and he slumps down to the floor, and it's strange and shocking how much liquid leaks out of his body, but it's not blood. His head is just—it's like uh—it's some of it's just kind of like discolored waters and sweat and things. <laughs> and and now that you're closer to him, you can kind of see that his his fingers are pruny and his skin's kind of like waterlogged a little bit.
1: I'm gonna remove his head from his body.
3: Okay, <laughs> dear Maud, it's me Ferdas disregard my last prayer. (laughs) (laughs) When I remove it, though, like, I'm gonna kick it
1: across the room so it's far away from his body as well.
0: Yeah, it clatters and and, and hits the far wall and kind of does a spinny spin, and uh, you guys are left alone with the buzzing of flies and the emanating of this pit. Oh,
1: I am going to start abjuring the extra planer. And, uh, so, I basically, I'm going to use my channel divinity and, uh, present my holy symbol, which is literally just a rock from the mountain. (laughs) And I would like to, uh, start trying to fucking see if I can, you know, pit the mountain against this fucking thing. I don't know, I like, I got nothing else, because, uh, unless somebody has dispel magic, like, that's what I got, is trying to, you know put it on the flies, or the circle, like, I don't know. Whichever you prefer, I guess. Let me roll a a save. Do you have one
0: in particular?
1: It's wisdom. It's a wisdom save. Um, The DC is 14.
0: That is a 17, and so you... Present your stone against this thing and you guys get hit with a wave that almost pushes you backwards a step. And this thing emanates harder and you hear the flies, the sound of them buzzes even more violently. But that's all that happens.
1: We must destroy this. It cannot be loved. I need your help, cousins.
2: Okay.
0: Physically, all that you see besides the corpses on the floor are these big whale bones sticking up like fingers.
1: I am going to run forward and try and smash one of them with my axe. Okay. I'm going to smite it. Fuck that. I'm going to smite it with my axe.
2: (laughs) Paladin shit. 17. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do second level. Does this count as undead, fiend, celestial, or extra planar in any way, shape, or form?
0: Uh, it would definitely be extra planar.
1: Oh, my friend, the watcher has some shit for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, ten uh slashing with the battle axe, and then it will be. It will be 26 radiant damage on top of that. So 36 in total. But the radiant damage
0: uh, might be doubled depending upon what, you know,
1: this thing is, I guess.
0: You motion for the others to step back and you just heave this axe as if you were going to fell a tree in a single blow. And right at the base of one of these bones, it just cuts right through it. And suddenly... There's almost a suction as this aura from this pit collapses in on itself. And all the flies drop to the floor and all is still.
1: That was much easier than asking the mountain for help.
2: I think we need to get the hell out of here while we still can. Something, this that was way too easy.
1: Well, I think part of the problem was that that guy was going to betray us and we were supposed to trust him.
3: (laughs) I'm holding the wound on my arm and say, going to?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of us might be more foolish than others.
2: Uh, Sina will give you a healing word.
3: Thank you. I think we should destroy the entrance to this place after we leave.
1: Well, if there's one thing I'm a fan of, is destruction
0: yeah, I'm going to start ahead and back out you guys have no trouble with leaving especially since you're familiar with the path and when you get to the top and exit the belfry tower it's not terribly hard to climb out of this pit but it is uncomfortable it's like climbing up a sandy hill what is your method of preventing this entrance from being taken again
3: you said that the the edges of the pit were a bunch of like fallen trees and stuff like that right that were just uh, um, made in around in a circle
0: it looks like when he dug this up he created sort of a barrier of dirt so that no water could leak down inside mm-hmm. yeah i'm going to uh summon beasts
3: then this time i am going to summon a giant beaver oh yeah <laughs> and i'm gonna get <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna get him to uh, destroy the the dam so that the the swamp waters will uh, flood in and uh, flood this place out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this thing starts munching on this vintage wood and says, mm. <laughs> "A hint of blackberry."
3: And uh, well, the vintage wood would have been downstairs. Like I'm talking about, like the
0: the ring of shit that's around the this entire swamp is old. Um, he breaches and. Th- You guys can, uh, see the marsh water starting to seep through the grass down inside of this thing And eventually it breaches further and further and the dam opens up And finally this entire pit is engulfed with marsh water It kind of drains the swamp, so to speak (laughs) And you can see it, like, pouring into this belfry like a waterfall down in through these stairs and everything Uh, yeah, after
3: it's, um, like, all filled up and everything, and I, um, dismiss the, uh, the the giant fever, I I turn to my cousins and say, This swamp is clean.
1: Be careful when you read through those books he gave to you, cousin. They seem dangerous.
2: I'll be very careful. If there's one thing I know, it's how to read books in a safe way.
1: Suppose, so long as you don't grab any whale bones, we should be good.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't see any harm in raiding them as long as I don't try anything from them.
0: You guys can march back to your original spot and continue making headway on these tieflings you are following. The following entries are handwritten in an elegant, perfect penmanship. I wasn't sure at first if I had found the right location. When I arrived, there was nothing but a belfry tower and some rooftops, and then as I approached I quickly began to sink into the ground. I escaped, but I could not go near the structure. I performed a ritual my father taught me. I was able to detect some form of transmutation magic cast across the entire ground in this area. And as I sat by to observe, the structure began to sink lower into the sand, until all that was left was the belfry. I was able to approach then, but eventually it too vanished below the surface. Now I am digging. It seems the more I dig to keep this tower above ground, the deeper it sinks. It is all I can do to keep up with it. And I am growing exhausted. My second entry. I have lost all concept of time. It is always dark within the structure which I was right in assuming was a monastery. I have yet to confirm if it is the monastery where my father lived, but it matches everything he told me years ago. I was fortunate that it stopped sinking into the ground when it did. I almost collapsed from the digging. There is not much food in the solarium. I'm not a survivalist, but I found some instructions on how to hunt. I also found something disturbing in the sanctuary. It appears to be a magical circle, but I don't dare go near. Not until I can learn more about it. The air around it is hot and dry. The aroma is overwhelmingly sweet, it is sickening like rotten fruit. For now, I have spent my time rescuing as many books as I can from the scriptorium. A portion of the roof caved in when the monastery sank, and many of the books have been lost or damaged. This is my third entry. I don't know how long I have been down here. Weeks, I believe. The only light of day I have is from the top of the belfry tower, but I only go there when I hunt for food. I pray this place never sinks further, or I may be buried alive. I believe I have found some of my father's writings. There is no name given, but the passages echo things I learned from him specific stories told about the war, the more I read it the more it sickens me. The tieflings, the records of the things they would do to prisoners, act so barbaric I don't feel comfortable writing them in my journal. Tomorrow I will try my hand at foraging, hope I do not mistakenly poison myself. Entry 4 I have lost what feels like perhaps two weeks as I have been ill. The water here is in abundance but it seems to be tainted. I can only hope my body will grow accustomed to it as it's all I have. But if it leaves me bedridden any longer, I may have to abandon my post and attempt to return home, if I last that long. Entry 5 I mustered the courage to enter the sanctuary yesterday. It gives me a great deal of unease. But I did find some written passages near the circle of magic. I believe they were penned by tieflings. I cannot read the language as of yet, but I am searching the scriptorium for anything that may help me with translation. I have resorted to eating lizard folk that live here in the swamp. They spew hatred at me, and I feel no shortage of guilt about it, but apparently... This was a primary source of food when our fathers and grandfathers resided here years ago. The page from entry six has been torn from the journal. This is my seventh entry. For what I think may have been the past few months, I have been translating the writings I found in the sanctuary. Progress is slow, but what I have found is greatly unsettling. It seems the magical circle is a sacrificial pit, to whom or what I have not yet learned. But the more I translate, the more disturbed I become. My father used to tell me the tieflings were reckless in their practices of worship and deities. That they ventured where others dare not stray. He said their desperation became worse as the war raged on. I know not how they could have reached this place. I was told, after the war, The tieflings were enslaved to the dwarves, and yet it seems they were here in this monastery. This is my eighth entry. Gods forgive me for what I have done. The only way I could think to fully understand the circle of magic was by using it. I sacrificed only a small bird, but there was a great flash. The carcass of the bird collapsed and all of the moisture within seeped out of it. I felt the moisture hit my skin like a mist, and then it was gone. Only the bird's corpse remained. There was a tingling sensation at first, and then I felt better, more so than I have felt Since I first arrived, my pangs of hunger diminished, my dizziness faded, I felt strong, healthy. This lasted for a day or so, and and then I was stricken with a terrible headache. I couldn't sleep. I still do not fully understand what happened, but... I may attempt another experiment later. If the tieflings are up to something, we should know what is going on. Gods forbid the war should ever find us again up north. This is my ninth entry. My mind is in turmoil my conscience haunts me day and night all i can think of is the next sacrifice the birds were not large enough so i have resorted to luring in the lizard folk i have constructed mechanisms to kill them when they enter through the belfry making it as painless as i can but What disturbs me is, I experience a greater and longer lasting sensation if I end their lives within the circle of magic. It seems the more life within the sacrifice, the greater sensation I experience. It is more than healing, it's youth. My knees no longer crack when I kneel. The pain in my fingers that I had for the past 10 years has vanished. I feel stronger, awake for longer hours. Even writing this passage feels tedious for me as I am impatient and energetic. I am anxious for the next sacrifice. This is my tenth entry. I cannot stop. When I stop, I grow deathly ill. The power of the circle fades from me if I do not continue to... (laughs) If I do not continue to offer it lives. I have noticed with its power, my skin has grown moist. I sweat continually. The sweetly rotten air no longer turns my stomach. I find it enticing. I'm going to try and lure in something larger, or with more intellect than the lizard people. They are uneducated dullards. It seems the more sentient and intelligent the offering, the greater the results. (coughs) This is my... eleventh entry. I hate what I have become. I tried killing myself. But I failed. When I am injured, my body heals rapidly. I can feel it sapping my energy when my flesh knits back together. But a simple offering then restores my vigor. I believe the only way I could truly die would be to escape this damned circle of magic. To cease my offerings. But I haven't the will. I don't believe I can ever stop. I am starving for another sacrifice is something I should never have begun I can only hope the gods strike me down the rest of the pages in this journal are blank giants march is a production by the time to die podcast network it's one of our many different stories if you'd like to find out more visit timetodierpg.com if you're enjoying the show we would be ever so grateful for a review on your favorite podcatcher or a shout out on social media post about us on reddit or twitter share us with a friend whatever you can do to let people know that we exist and that you think our shows are worth a listen if you would like to support us financially. You can pledge monthly at patreon.com/slash time to Or you can give us a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash time to die Wanna hang out with us? We have a Discord server. The link is in the episode description, or you can find it at our time to die website. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at time to die rpg. Find us on Reddit at r/slash time to Tim who plays mads is on Twitter at idograbyourgun. Your Gun. Chris, who plays Feardos, is on Twitter at ChrisReillyLCP. Aubrey, who plays Cena, is on Twitter at AubreyGray1. That's A-U-B-R-E-E-G-R-A-Y and the number one. And I, Brian Bridges, the GM of this campaign, am on Twitter at ManlyBrian. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Giant's March.